Hey there, and welcome to Bustin' Out of Breast Cancer, the show that has us straight talking about surviving and thriving breast cancer with health and fitness using the SMILE method. I'm Shannon Bros, your host for the show. I'm also a breast cancer survivor and fitness professional specializing in cancer exercise. The purpose of this show is really to just help other breast cancer patients and survivors take back control over their lives to become the best version of themselves by educating, empowering, and inspiring you throughout your cancer journey and beyond. Well, welcome back. Here we are. It is officially surgery day and also Fun Pan Friday. It is September 22nd, 2017. I woke up at 5 a.m. since we had to be to the hospital for 7 and literally just cried in the shower the entire time. I was like, how is this actually here? How on earth is this actually happening? I'm actually going to be going into surgery and getting body parts of mine chopped off. I was scared to death. I was really mostly scared because I've never really been under anesthesia and I was scared that I wasn't going to come out. Like, what was going to happen? I was not done being a mom. I was not done being a wife, a brother, a sister, a daughter, a friend everything. I just, I was freaked out. I had no idea what to expect. All I could do was cry. So after my shower, I just laid in bed and snuggled with my husband and my daughter and just cried it out the best I could and knew at this point there was really nothing else that I could do. All I kept thinking about was not only not coming out of anesthesia, but I'm having body parts taken off of me. Like these are my breasts. They're mine. Nobody else has them. It's crazy because as a woman, when we're, as a little girl, I should say, you know, when you start to get your, your little boobs, your little ninnies growing in, you can't stand it. You're like, oh, this is awful. This puberty is horrible. Like, I don't want to have boobs. You know, we hate them growing up, right? Even as a teenager. And then you get used to them and you're like, okay, here they, here they are. These are the girls. And then you have a baby and you have to breastfeed through them. That's when you're like, holy cow, like these are my breasts and they, they feed my child. And then you get to hold your baby on your chest and you put her head on your chest and that's just the most amazing bonding feeling. They get a little bit older and you can still snuggle with them and they still put their head on your chest. We embrace and cherish those moments, right? Of our our kids just laying on our chest. And in addition, they're a part of your intimacy, right? With your relationship with your husband or your, you know, your boyfriend or whoever that is. And then what would I look like? Like, am I going to be deformed? Are they just going to be these round things on my chest? How, how are they going to look? Is my husband going to look at me and think I look deformed? How is it going to affect our marriage, our relationship, our intimacy? Anyway, those are all the things that really went through my head as I was in the shower and having my last snuggles with my family. All right, my cry session was officially over and we needed to get to the hospital by 7 o'clock. So my family took my daughter Briley to school so we could head over to the hospital and they would just come over and meet us later. I knew I was gonna be a warrior and I was gonna crush this cancer no matter what it took. So I took my Fun Pant Friday picture at the hospital with my swollen puffy eyes and just left everything up in the air to the guy upstairs. That's all I could really do. So I get called back for my pre-op and was handed my beautiful hospital gown as well as my hairnet and those god awful yellow extra large no stick socks (laughs) who who still has those you keep those i think i've kept every single pair and here comes the anxiety again all the pre-ups being done i'm freaking out and i realize at this point it's about to go down for real the anesthesia nurse sees me crying and getting really anxious and almost having a panic attack so she decides to start part one of anesthesia which is where she sticks the needle in and Let's me go into La La Land. All right, time to kiss my husband goodbye and be wheeled down the hallway into surgery.
The last thing I remember was being told surgery would be about three to four hours. And then I recall being transferred from the wheelie bed into the actual operating table and seeing that white light. You know that light you always see, like, if you watch ER or any of those movies where you're in the in the OR and they're operating and it's like the big white lights, like, oh my God, is that me at the end? Is that the light at the end of the tunnel? Apparently I had a bit of a rough time in recovery because the next thing I remember was waking up in my hospital room and I thought it was 6.30 that night, but apparently it was not because I was still under anesthesia. <laughs> and my friend tells me the next day, she said, when you woke up, the first thing you did was look around and you saw everybody in the room and you said, what time is it? What took so long? And then proceeded to ask everybody, how was their day? And this is where my memory starts to fail me. This is when I realized that anesthesia really played a horrible part in my brain, um, realizing that I was not out for three hours. I was out for definitely a little bit longer than that. And I remember waking up Saturday morning in so much pain. So this is now the next morning. I remember waking up in so much pain, I couldn't even move. My chest felt like someone had taken a sledgehammer to it. It was bruised beyond all belief. And my muscles just ached. They hurt so bad, like underneath my arms, my chest, everything. It hurt to breathe, cough, sneeze. My core hurt, like everything, everything hurt from basically my neck to my waist. You don't really realize how many muscles you use to sit up, to get up, get up and down, lay down, laugh, cry, cough. This is where things started to get really concerning for me, being that my career was in fitness and I needed to be able to coach. I needed to be able to work out again. How was I going to be able to do that? Being in as much pain as I was in, I really could honestly could not even fathom being able to work out again at that point. Anyway, so my doctor came in to see me later that day, which so this is Saturday, and informed me that my blood work showed that I was anemic from surgery. So time to pop some iron pills for the next few weeks. So now we have iron pills, we have some Tylenol and pain meds, but those weren't actually really doing anything for me because mostly my pain was just muscle related, like a lot of bruising and whatnot. So what do I need to do to get the heck out of this hospital? Because I think hospitals are gross. I'm not a fan of the germs and I just want to be home in my own bed. Well, Shannon, in order for you to do that, you're going to need to be able to go to the bathroom and you're going to be able to walk around the hallway. Well, all right, game on nurses, let's do this. Well, what seemed to be a simple task of just getting out of bed to go to the bathroom and to walk the hallway was an hour-long task and exhausting at that. I felt like I had been in some time warp of some sort and I aged like a hundred years, like just to get out of bed, just to walk, to kind of like do that little shuffle. You know how they always say like, once you start getting to the shuffle, you're getting closer to your grave. Well, that's not what I wanted. I just remember like waking up or, you know, trying to get out of bed and just like two days prior to that, I was up at 4 a.m. teaching five hit classes, dancing through all my classes and having a good time. And now I can hardly get out of bed and walk. Like, this is crazy. Those of you that have had a double mastectomy or even a single mastectomy know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the pain, the unbelievable soreness that you have in your chest and in your core, and just the simple task of being able to get out of bed and walk. Like Those things that you take for granted. If I hadn't already had such an appreciation of life in the human body, now is the time to certainly reflect. Seeing as my days are not very active in the hospital, um, I just like to focus on the wins. Big wins, small wins, whatever that might be. And today, and by today I mean Saturday, the day after my double mastectomy, my wins for the day were that I finally actually made it out of bed, made it to the bathroom, and I attempted the hallway. Yay for the win! I didn't actually make it around the whole floor, I made it a little bit down the hallway, and that was a wrap for me. It was so exhausting. I got dizzy. I was sore. And I was like, mm, 
I can't do this anymore. I get an A for effort on this one. Oh, and I actually ate two meals for that day. Eating is not really one of my strong suits when I came out of surgery, apparently. Here we are, Sunday morning. And let me tell you, I was not easy like Sunday morning, that is for sure. Sunday morning came pretty abruptly with soaked gown and sheets. And no, I did not pee myself. I apparently broke a fever and I didn't even know that I had one. Nurse Ratchet came in who wanted to probe and prick at me everywhere possible to try to draw blood. And at this point, I am anemic, so I'm really not interested in having more blood taken from me. My left arm is now currently off limits since I had lymph nodes removed from there. For those of you that don't know, if you do have a lymph node removed, you want to avoid having blood work drawn from that side and also blood pressure from that side. So I will make sure that I include a list of things to look for and to watch out for in regards to lymphedema, because once you have your lymph node removed, those are things that you need to be concerned with. Regardless of how sore I was, I knew that I wanted to get out of this hospital and just be home in my own bed and feel clean. As clean as I could be, because I mean, clearly I couldn't even shower at this point yet. But for me, mindset is a huge thing. I think I've already covered that before. And at the end of the day, if you can have a good positive mindset, you can pretty much get through anything. So today, mindset, game day, baby. We got this. We got to walk out of here. We got to be able to walk around this, this floor in this hospital and be able to be discharged. So that was the game plan. You need to rally. You need to get your butt up and around the hospital floor. And boom, that morning, did my first lap. Oh, but wait, I didn't do just one. I did it a total of three times. There are pros and cons to being completely competitive. This was one of the pros for sure as well as having a determined and positive mindset. And this, my friends, got me my ticket home that night. Yes, for the win. As anxious and excited as I was to get home and just to be in my own house, in my own bed, I knew that really, honestly, at this point, this is where the real road to recovery work was gonna happen because I was gonna be at home with no hospital staff. Thankfully, I had my whole family with me. I had my mom, my dad, and his wife, and I knew they were gonna be able to help me for some time, but they weren't gonna be there the whole time. So this is where things really needed to get in the works for me. I felt really lucky because I had my own personal nurse, like my dad's wife was a nurse, so that was pretty exciting. And I was blessed to have her help me with my dressings, my showering, doing my drains. Those of you that have not had double mastectomy or single mastectomy, um, you have to have drains that hang off of you and they are incredibly painful. They are horrible, they're awful. Like every breast cancer patient and survivor I've ever talked to, that is like the biggest gripe is having those drains. Just a side note here, if being completely naked with your breast cut off, drains hanging off of you, bruised beyond belief, and having to shower in front of your dad and his wife is not humbling, I don't know what is. I never thought that at 45 years old I would be standing naked in my bathroom with my dad in there waiting to help change me after surgery. I think this is another part in the journey, in my journey anyway, where I really started to realize that there's a lot of things that I stopped caring about at that point. I feel like my mind... Personal, my mindset changed a lot in what was important and what wasn't important and really try to focus on things that mattered. If somebody's there to help me, I'm not going to turn that away, regardless of I'm naked or not, regardless of, you know, if it's my dad or his wife or my mom, you just want to get better. So let's talk about my first week of recovery, shall we? Almost like a baby, but a little bit worse. It basically consisted of sleep, short walks, breathing machine, and the goal of pooping. Yes, the goal of pooping was on my list to do. First off, sleeping sucks. Exclamation point, no doubt about it. I can't put it any other way. Sleeping was awful. I slept with a wedge pillow under me. So those of you that have 
are listening to this and have not gone through surgery, I highly, highly, highly suggest or recommend that you can get a wedge pillow or just stack a bunch of pillows underneath you. I also put a pillow underneath my legs and I put a pillow under each arm because I had my drains under there and it was super, super, super sore. I eventually graduated to a recliner that I had downstairs because honestly that seemed to be the most comfortable way to sleep because it allowed me to like kind of be at an angle, kind of go flat, kind of somewhat rotate a little bit without being on my side and just get that pressure off of my back and my neck. It was really uncomfortable. Then what else did I do? I had to focus on some short walks around the main floor because I wasn't allowed to go upstairs except for once, which was basically go to bed. So I had to focus on small little walks around the kitchen or to the table or to the bathroom to work on that poop. That recliner was the best gift, by the way, side note. I didn't take any pain meds since all they did was make me sleepy. The actual pain was really just discomfort, more from like muscle soreness and obviously bruising. So like my core, my chest, um, my underneath my arms because those stupid drains. Already being healthy from being in fitness um, and wellness and also being super competitive, I knew that I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and speed this recovery up. I am not going to be the one that's going to take forever to recover because I went into this surgery completely healthy. Like I ate well. I was fit. I didn't have any weight to lose. So I knew that this was going to help me with my recovery, thankfully. So I was like, game on, mini walks, here we go. And that's when I started with the walks to the kitchen, the walks to the bathroom. And it's those little wins that you kind of have to reward yourself with. So that was day one in the books, small wins, mini walks. Yay! Day two, I was like, all right, it's going to get a little bit better, a little bit easier. I might go from like my kitchen to the stairs and back, which is, you know, a little bit further. Well, I was helping my daughter with her science project, which, by the way, is not my strong suit. Science is not my jam. Well, at least elementary school science is not my jam. I am fascinated by the human body, obviously, the whole process of hormones and whatnot. So I shouldn't say that science is not my jam, but I will say doing the science project was not my jam. I realized she was struggling. So I was like, you know what? We're both frustrated and struggling. So let's go for a walk together. I basically allowed her to feel like she was helping me by helping me walk around the block and I was helping her by kind of distracting her and making her feel good that she was helping her mom. So we took a walk around the entire block together. Took forever, but we did it. Big win, a big win for the day, woohoo! Always celebrate wins, no matter how big or how small because realistically, everything you do to move yourself forward is a win. Well, that turned into a big setback. I had no idea that taking this walk around the block was going to make me feel like I was going to vomit or pass out. So that night I ended up being gray, dizzy, wasn't sure if I was going to pass out or puke. So I just took it a little bit easy and decided to go to bed. <laughs> I was done for the day. My big win was I made it around the block. Yay! I pretty much just focused on my breathing machine, having small wins and big wins by walking and eating and pooping. Those are my big wins. And all I could do was look forward to my day five post-op. Even though I was still on a breathing machine, I still had numbness behind both of my arms. It felt like, like a pinched nerve kind of thing, like tightness in my breast area and those drains. God, those drains are awful. I couldn't wait to go to my one-week post-op, which was really on day six. But nonetheless, I wanted to go because I couldn't wait to hear those words, you could wash your hair. God, that was awful. Like, I made it literally past the dry shampoo days. It was baseball hat and dry shampoo kind of days. Well, my day six was going to be my plastic surgeon and my general surgeon. So hopefully I was crossing my fingers that I was going to get my drains out. I wanted nothing more than those drains out and a shower. That's it. That's all I wanted. Not a lot to ask, right? Well, after about an hour and 40 minutes in the waiting room for my general surgeon, 
Remember I talked about when I was getting my biopsy and I felt like everybody like knew something and they were looking at me like that paranoia feeling? Well, that's how I felt sitting in the waiting room for an hour and 40 minutes. I remember feeling that, oh my gosh, everybody knows something. Something went wrong. What happened with my, my test results like on my, my margins and all that? Well, good news. My breast tissue came back clean. I got permission to drive. So that was really exciting too. And you don't realize how much you really depend on driving. And my nipple tissues came back clean as well, and my scissions look great. But the hospital lost my lymph node. I know. What? How does a hospital lose your lymph node? That's a great question. And I actually had the same exact question. And my doctor, who actually oversees the entire breast surgery center, was completely in awe, in shock. He's like, I have never, ever experienced this. I've never had this happen. I'm like, well, how does this happen? And he said, I did exactly what I'm supposed to do. I put the lymph node onto the tray, and the... Owner, so whoever it is that is supposed to take that to pathology, actually didn't do that. So in my mind, I like to visualize things, and I've never actually seen a lymph node or held a lymph node other than like Googling it, but I envision them like little baby scallops. So when I think of a lymph node, that's what I'm envisioning, a little baby scallop. So I, you put this little baby scallop onto this tray, and you don't do what your job is to actually put that specimen into a jar and bring it to pathology? Like, I'm sorry, how did, did, how did you miss that boat? How did you miss that part of your job? So I'm assuming it's in the trash somewhere. If you're asking yourself, did I see an attorney? Yes, I saw several. And the legal loopholes are ridiculous, but that's for an entirely separate episode of this podcast for sure. I knew at this point, this was part of my mission to be able to share with people that you really do need to take matters into your own hands. You have to be your own advocate for yourself, for your body and your own health journey. I was not going to let the hospital get away with this. I mean, let's be real. Not only did you chop my breasts off in the hospital, but now you've lost a part of my body? Like, that just seems weird. That doesn't seem okay. It's not okay. Because that lymph node is the determining factor whether or not the cancer has spread. Yes, my margins came back clear and clean, and my doctor says they're fine. But there's always that, that wonder, that question in the back of your mind once you've had cancer. Like, you're always wondering if every ache and pain is cancer coming back again. My next appointment was with my plastic surgeon where I was really, really, really hoping to get these drains out. And yes, I did. I got two of those drains out and man, do those suckers hurt when they come out. I cried once again, still really bruised, really sore. Um, but there was some concern with my right nipple. I did have a nipple sparing double mastectomy. That was, I maybe I didn't cover that at the beginning of the show, but I did have a nipple sparing double mastectomy because I figured, okay, well, if I can save my nipples, at least that will at least make me feel like I have somewhat normal looking breasts. Well, there's a problem, I guess, with some blood flow and oxygen and whatnot. So he had me put this cream on my breast that I had to do, and we were just going to kind of monitor it and keep an eye on it. All right. Next day is Friday, and you know what that means. Let me hear it. Fun pit Friday. That's right. One week from my actual surgery. Man, what a difference that makes. I mean, geez, it's amazing what your body goes through, not only day in and day out, but like for an entire week. I look back at like that last Friday of just going into surgery and how I felt coming out. And here I am a week later. I now have my two drains out. I'm still bruised. I have managed to work on my breathing. My breathing is pretty much back on track at this point. I'm not on pain medication. And I can walk. I could drive. And I can shower. That was spectacular. And shave. I mean, come on, ladies. You all know that that's a pretty amazing feeling when you can actually shower and shave after having surgery. One thing I might add about the shower, because I don't want... Anybody listening to this saying, well, you could take a shower after one week. 
But if your doctor tells you you should not take a shower, then don't take a shower. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just sharing with you my experience and my journey. So I decided to get a little bit creative, and I created a whole new meaning for bag lady. So I took a big trash, a big black trash bag, like the yard kind, and I just put a hole in it, and I put my head through there, and then I put my arms through the side, and boom! I had myself my little cover to get in the shower to make sure that my incisions didn't get ruined. I took a lanyard that I had from some conference. I don't know. I don't know why. I have a drawer full of them for some reason. And I took that lanyard and I put it around my neck and I just clipped my little drains from there. So I had like a little necklace of my drains. So bag lady and drains. Boom. For the record, one week later and I am crushing life, crushing goals, big and small wins. Oh, and another big win. I can't believe I totally forgot to mention this waking up. I got out of bed by myself for the first time. One week later, I was getting out of bed for the first time by myself. I actually had my daughter create a video so I could share it with anybody that would want to see the best way to get out of bed without basically like making yourself in a lot of pain. But it was definitely challenging for sure, but it, I did it. It was a win all over the place. So day 10 post-op and I'm still having some discharge from my nipples. I'm still using my antibiotic cream, but it was so painful. So I was supposed to go on that following Thursday, which would have been one, two, three, day 13 post-op. I was supposed to go back to have my other drains removed. But since I was still having this discharge from my nipples, they had me come in the next day to take a look at it. My bruising was definitely getting a little bit better, but gosh, did, they, did that hurt. Went to the doctor the next day and he took out my other two drains and he told me I could stop taking my antibiotics and I could sleep without my wedge. Woohoo! So that was a win, but on the same side, I was not really sure why my nipple was still discharging and you're telling me I can get off antibiotics and everything looks great. I didn't think everything looked great. I wake up on that Monday, which is the following Monday, so just a little over two weeks now, I have leakage coming out of my nipple. So I call my plastic surgeon and I let them know that I had something wrong, like something was like blood drainage, like it was like, it was disgusting. They had me come in immediately and I intermittent fast, so I was like, listen, if anything needs to happen and I need to go into surgery, let's do this. So I didn't have to worry about any of that. But his words to me were, all right, well, we're just going to go ahead and clean that area, clean that area up. We're going to evacuate a hematoma and seem very nonchalant about it. And go ahead and get yourself scheduled for surgery tomorrow. I'm sorry, what? I'm going into surgery again tomorrow to do cleanup? I don't even know what that means, but my idea of cleanup is you should just go ahead and take like a swab and maybe wipe it. I don't know. Clearly, I'm not a surgeon, but what was going to happen next was not what I anticipated. So what I thought was just going to be a checkup ended up being myself getting booked for my second surgery for the next morning. Day 18 ended up being the second surgery that I ended up having due to having a hematoma in my right breast. Well, all I know is that I just wanted this pain gone and I wanted this oozing and discharge to be finished. Like, do whatever you need to do. Went in for my surgery the next morning. That was on a Tuesday. Doctor went out into the waiting room and told my husband everything looked great. He cleaned everything up the way it was supposed to be and go home and recover. So I did just that. Surgery drains. Around 11 o'clock that night, I decided I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to clean up my incisions and do my drains. My husband was already asleep with our daughter and I take off my dressings and I do not have a nipple. My right nipple is now gone, gone. Just like, I don't even know, I, I, I have no words. I started screaming, I started crying. I felt incredibly violated. In fact, I was raped my freshman year of college and I felt like this was more violating because you actually took a body part of mine. 
you took a body part of mine, didn't tell me, and proceeded to think that you just did a cleanup job and told my husband that everything was fine. I had a major panic attack. I was crying and screaming the whole night with my husband. The next day, I called his office, and then I also called my general surgeon, and I called my general physician, sent them pictures, make sure that I was not crazy, went into my doctor's, my plastic surgeon's appointment, I'm sorry, the next morning for a follow-up. And I can't even look at him at this point. I am disgusted. I feel violated. I can't stop crying. And that right there is when I fired my second doctor. He walked in and I'm looking at him and I looked at my husband and I said, I can't even do that. I can't even look at him. And I said, you, you took a body part of mine. Like, how can you do that? And his answer was, I did what I needed to do when I was in there. And I felt like saying to him, well, what if I would just decided to go ahead and chop off one of your testicles, hand it to you and say, sorry, I did what I had to do. I'm fairly certain that that would not go over well. I had finished that appointment with him and went home and I said, I will never be going back to him again. I now have expanders in still. Those of you that have gone through a double mastectomy or single mastectomy, those expanders suck, just like drains do. And I needed to figure out who my new plastic surgeon was going to be because I needed to continue my fills in order to continue my journey before I had my exchange. So that started the journey of finding my new doctor. And I think at this point, I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up. I've clearly shared with you everything I promised you that I was going to in this episode. And I think this will be a good, good time to end this episode so I can start you on the next part of my journey of finding my new plastic surgeon and then continue my journey into my exchange. Remember, I like to focus on mindset first, and I do believe that everything happens for a reason, for whatever reason that is. And you may not know at the time what that is. And I definitely believe that certain people come into your life at certain reasons at certain times. And this is all just part of my journey that I am sharing with you. So hopefully you can learn from it and you can take this, answer your own questions, you know, realize that other people go through their own journey and they have their own obstacles that go along with it. And I think it's just important to share that to help somebody else in their own journey as well. So next week, we will start my journey of finding my new plastic surgeon. And I cannot wait to share with you how this ends up. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode has somehow changed your life with a smile and has empowered you or inspired you to become a better version of yourself. If you like this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and let me know your thoughts. Until then, live well, laugh often, and love much.